what's going on? Rob Sestrino getting you ready for our amazing race exit interview special. And today we are going to be talking with the top three teams from the amazing race 31 finale. We're going to start off by talking to our winners of the amazing race 31. And I'll give you five seconds to get out of here. If by accident you are listening to this, I did get to watch the episode, but that would be none other than amazing race legends, Colin and Christy, who came back to win on the amazing race. We'll talk to them about their 15 year journey to redemption here on the amazing race. Then we're going to talk to the team that was oh so close. Our second place finishers, Tyler and Corey will join us. And then later on, we will talk with the Afghanimals who end up coming in third place on the amazing race. Uh, I do have to give you some news here at the start of the podcast. We were supposed to talk to all four of the teams on the finale of the amazing race. And it looked as though we were going to have uh, the fourth place finisher. I was told I was going to talk to them on Friday, which turns out to be Nicole and Victor. But I did get word last night through CBS publicity that Nicole and Victor are passing on the opportunity to come on with me and do exit press. I'm not sure the exact reason. Perhaps I said something along the way, which uh, offended them in some way, which obviously never my intention to do as the host of this podcast or Perhaps they have a preferred outlet where they want to share their story, but I don't want to spend too much time uh, speculating that. So certainly disappointed to not get the chance to talk to Victor and Nicole today because I uh, certainly enjoyed uh, watching them on Big Brother and here on this season of The Amazing Race. They did a great job coming in fourth place, being the last team standing. That was not an Amazing Race uh, native team. So, uh, Uh, Congratulations to Victor and Nicole on all their success. And hopefully at some point uh, down the road, uh, our our paths will cross again. But we're not going to spend too much time worrying about that today. All right. Let me also add that we will get to our recap of the Amazing Race 31 finale with Jessica Lees and Mike Bloom. That's going to be coming up later in the day today. So that should be in your podcast feed by uh, the end of day. Thursday, we'll get into everything and answer all of your questions on our full recap of this finale coming up later. Okay, so let's go ahead and bring in our first exit interview. We are going to talk to the winners of the Amazing Race 31. I'm going to go ahead and uh, patch them in. Colin and Christy, are you there? Hey, Rob, what's going on? Congratulations on the big win last night. Thank you. That yes. was a big win. I know. Well, I know you guys are doing great even when you're not winning the amazing race. So I can only imagine the state of bliss that you're in today. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head there. Yes, it's pretty awesome. Okay. And we get to talk about it. We've been sitting on this for a year. So, you know, to to get into it. Uh, What is this 15 year journey towards uh, redemption been like for the two of you? 
Well, let's see. 15 years. You know, we um, we hadn't watched Amazing Race literally in 15 years. We watched it for the first time a year ago, our season. We were looking at family shows to watch with our sons. We have a 12 and a 7-year-old, and Amazing Race popped up and realized, oh, yeah, they haven't seen our season. And we hadn't watched it, not because we're not fans of the show, but because it was so traumatic the first time around. It was like we didn't even want to look back at it. And yeah, it was, it was difficult to watch. Colin definitely slept on the couch a few nights. Oh. Um, Many a night on the couch during that season. Yeah, yeah. I can relate. So we we kind of took a break, and also we don't watch a lot of TV, or you know, so it just it, it was just one of those things. But then there we were watching it, and we thought this is a perfect opportunity for our boys, you know, lessons learned. Look at um, the shift. Obviously, they're seeing people that's not who they know as their mom and dad, and uh, so the ox is broken, and the um, Africa scene with the taxi driver were opportunities to to show the ability to evolve and shift and that was beautiful and then we get to the season finale and we're just having all the feels of how much fun it was to race around the world of course you're seeing the edited version which is a one-dimensional version of what was really happening and for the most part season five and and filming was an amazing experience so remembering all of that we were in the place of wanting what would not be fun if we went and did that again. And they wanted us to do the original All-Stars. We found out we were pregnant, couldn't do it. And we were snowboarding in Jackson Hole and sent a text to one of the casting directors said, hey, if you guys ever want old racers on, we're thinking a couple years down the road, we just wanted to let them know we were interested. And three weeks later, they emailed us and said, as a matter of fact, we're putting together this All-Stars. And if you want to go, you're in and we leave in June. Colin, could you tell us how, how long did this whole transformation take from the season five version to the more enlightened version that we got to see in season 31? Um, that, that's a great question. Probably 39 years. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I would say I, you know, looking back into the race and watching myself was a jarring experience. That was kind of the beginning of it, of going, oh, wow. There were so many times when I felt so justified and I felt like, oh, when we watch this, it's, I'm going to be so vindicated that everyone's going to see that, I, you know, I've been wronged here. And then when we watched it six months later, I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, bro, <laughs> like, you're wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. like, wow, that's so wild that I remember thinking I was so right in that moment when I'm clearly not. And, um, but then I probably like, didn't want to look at it for like maybe another seven years or something. Um, and kind of just went on with life and, and, you know, we little like, like, like Chrissy said, you know, back then, most of our existence was very positive and very happy go lucky. I helped and was collaborative just like I was this season back then. I just had these triggers and I would get, I would get, you know, kind of fly off the handle or whatever. And so it was probably, I don't know, it's probably seven years ago that we started really looking in and going, okay, something's got to change here. I've got to figure this out. And I would say, you know, a year or two into that, and you can kind of get 70% of the way there. And for the last five years, it's been optimizing and just trying to like do as much as we can to, to feel good and, and, you know, kind of shine light into the world as much as possible. Okay, well, let's get into the show from last night. And it was really neck and neck when you guys were assembling the drum sets and there was that latch that was open. Colin, how long did it take for you to find the latch that was open on the drum? 
Um, before or after Chrissy got me to take a breath? Because <laughs> after about four seconds. Yeah. Um, before, you know, both Tyler and Corey and us had our drum sets completely assembled for, I don't know, at least 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and they were stuck on something and we were stuck on something. And we just couldn't quite figure out. And, I, and at any moment, one of us was going to figure out what was that thing that was stuck. And, you know, finally, when uh, Chrissy did her, her white magic, um, <laughs> it, it all worked out. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah, intuitively, I kind of felt like it's not all the things that we're working on, which was adjusting how the stools were sitting and, you know, amazing That's race cool. challenges. Yeah, it can come down to exact precise angles um, but I had a feeling that it was something detail oriented and I knew that I probably wasn't going to be able to see it that's really Colin's strong suit um, but I also knew that in that state I mean they those drums it, it doesn't translate through television but how loud that music was no I got and it. we were going back and forth yeah. Sweating profusely and um, probably, I mean, over an hour in, it's so in high beta brainwave state trying to figure this this drum set out. So I knew that we really needed to take that breath and kind of calm the nervous system and get into more of an alpha brainwave state so that you, that's where you kind of start seeing a bigger picture and you can start taking in more bits um, per second. Yeah, I'm and I knew if I could get Colin this. into that, yeah, this <laughs> and is I knew if I, I could get Colin, <laughs> yeah, this is what we all need if we can all remember to do it. Which was what was the beautiful challenge of us going back on Amazing Race because it's you know we're doing that in our everyday life. You're sitting in traffic, you go to work, you're dealing with coworkers, children, relationships, but inside the container, the pressure cooker of the Amazing Race, it just goes to a whole other level. But I knew if I could get him there that he would see it right away. And it was, it was literally within seconds that he looked over, saw that it was the latch. And that was that. Now, Chrissy, you were really pushed to your limit in the code breaking part of the uh, first hour of the episode last night. Can you talk about some of the difficulty that you faced being the last one there trying to figure out the code? Yes, that was, um, I was living my worst nightmare, um, going, of course, there's obviously the story arc of being in season five, where you didn't have a, a certain number of roadblocks that each person had to do. So our strategy, our strategy was that Colin did most of the roadblocks and not because I'm not capable, but because he is very capable. I mean, this is a guy, if there's a zombie apocalypse, I want him on my team. So we just kind of went that route. Um, but in season 31, obviously the rules have changed and, and that was, that was a welcome challenge. We wanted that. We wanted to show um, more of the integrated side of the masculine feminine of our relationship. Mm-hmm. So I, I was happy to do that. And at the same time, scared to death <laughs> that we would lose the race and it would be all on my shoulders. So I think in that particular challenge, Obviously, that's also a very high stakes leg. It's the leg that's determining the top three. So there's a lot of pressure doing that roadblock. And I'm more of a right brain person as opposed to a left brain and and decoding um, in multi, you know, steps like that is more of a left brain thing. And I think mostly I had a block um, just stemming from this deep fear that we would lose the race and it'd be it, it would be all my fault so i just couldn't quite i had the letters mixed up and i had not watched 
any of the movies about Dunkirk. I did not know the history. I think if I had, the message would have probably um, just stood off the page, um, Mm -hmm. but it didn't. And so having those numbers mixed up, it was, it was just really confusing. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And ultimately, I mean, I was in there over an hour and a half. They don't show that, but I was in there for a long time. Yeah. After the other teams left, um, ultimately I had to just throw it all away and start from scratch. And when I did that, somehow I did not mix up the numbers this time around and I was able to get it finally. What did the first letter that you handed to the officer say? Oh God, I have no idea, but some jumbled version of the actual message. <laughs> he wasn't that nice about it. No, he wasn't. And actually, was he actually threw? He actually balled up that paper and threw it in my face. <laughs> they don't show that part. Yeah. All right. But so you guys were uh, really far behind, and then you uh, realized that if if you could just get through the rowing task, that that could be a way to uh, make up a lot of time. Uh, Colin, how, how much time did it actually take to do the rowing task? You know, that's a great question. Uh, I would say it probably took us somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we got there, Nick and Vic, they, they were just telling us this morning, I think they said that they were there for probably close to two hours by the time we got there. Because um, we, we left that uh, the, the roadblock an hour and a half after the, the last team had left. Um, and so we, we just raced as fast as we could. We, we raced very quickly to get to the boats. Everything was like spot on as fast as we could have possibly done it. Um, down to our sound guy actually having to jump into a cab because he, he wasn't keeping up, but the, the camera guy was. And um, so we got to the boats really quickly. When we got there and we saw that there was teams still on the course, we were like just this whole new flood of energy that, wow, this, if, if we do this, we could be back in it. It takes us several tries. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was, I had no idea. I've seen all these videos of people rowing and they always look so graceful. And so when I saw the boats, I was like, Oh cool. I'll just pretend like I'm in that video. <laughs> oh my God. Those things are really tippy and very difficult. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. But we did, thank goodness for the helicopter ride in between the roadblock and landing in London, the city, before we got back into race mode, because I obviously really needed that time to decompress Mm -hmm. and Colin held space so beautifully, but it was a perfect opportunity for us to just get back into race mode. And in that helicopter ride, we were envisioning that the detours were going to be extremely challenging and that at least one of those detours would highlight um, one of our assets, which paddleboarding, you know, and, and rowing of all the teams, this is one that's kind of made for us. So it was perfect. I want to ask you, too, about something that you guys said uh, at the mat. I think it was in episode number 10 that you guys had only given about 60 percent effort in the first legs of the race so that you could uh, remain fresh for the end of the race. Was that hyperbole or was that something that was really something that you went into and thought that that would be the game plan to ultimately win this time? You know, if if we said the number sixty percent, then it was it was probably hyperbole. Um, I don't recall using a, a percentage, but I, I I do know it's more of a sense of like if anything, it's probably 
94%, not a hundred percent, you know, if I, if I'm, you know, and, and really, I think what that means is just like, look, the first time around, it's like, I had something to prove. I just wanted to like every minute and every second be doing anything I could possibly be doing to just win, win, win. Right. And I think what that does is once you get a month into doing that, and especially on our first season where we traveled over 75,000 miles and these legs were two or three days long, it really starts to wear on you. And so that when you get into that final leg, you do have a little bit of like lowered resilience and, you know, lowered endurance and, and your body is, is beat up and your mind is beat up from just racing that fast the whole time. So this time we, we just wanted like, Hey, as long as we're close to the front of the pack and we're not like fearing elimination, let's just have fun with this. Let's race hard. Let's race fast. You know, I wasn't like purposely taking it easy. I just wanted to make sure that when it came to those last couple legs, if we needed to make an hour and a half come from behind to stay in it, that we'd have the energy to do that. So luckily that worked out. And then Chrissy, I feel like you guys are so wise. Uh, what plans have you guys made for this million dollars? <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've kind of, created fortunes and lost fortunes multiple times in our life. So yes. <laughs> yeah, we certainly know how to spend and um, we also know how to save. So one of the things that we definitely want to uh, give some of this money to and Colin can speak a little bit more to it is um, the map organization. Um, it's a charity that uh, is in third phase trials with MDMA assisted therapy for PTSD. So, um, you know, obviously one of the things that really has made a difference over the last 15 years for Colin and I is the work that we've done, the internal work that's really about integrating the trauma inside of our own body, which is kind of when you get triggered, like in everyday life, everything's going well, you're fine, but then something triggers you and you know, you've been triggered because you're, you're, you're angry or upset, whatever that is. And it's looking inward and really healing that and integrating that. And that can be really difficult for people with, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, which a lot of people have, like not just vets, mm -hmm. like, um, maps actually works with vets, um, in extreme cases, but you know, we all have, trauma from our childhood that's wanting to be healed and, and integrated. So anything that's helping with that, because it's made such a huge difference and such a big impact on our lives, our relationship, our relationship with our children, that's what we want to be, you know, as far as charity um, and what we want to like give some of this money away to that's where we'll be putting it. And the rest is, um, I don't know, just, Jet skis having a, having a good life. Uh, so, all right. Yeah. So, uh, thank you both for uh, coming on. I, I think that you guys are fascinating to hear from. And congratulations and uh, all the best uh, post Amazing Race. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. I really enjoy it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Right. I love listening to your guys' recap. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right. Take care.
All right, right there you have it, Colin and Christy. And uh, boy, uh, this is, uh, I, I feel like I want to get the, the whole story. I feel like we just uh, got the uh, tip of the iceberg because uh, they have so much uh, wisdom about everything that's going on because, uh, you know, as uh, was once said in uh, a movie, uh, I'll have what they're having because nobody is uh, more calm and more zen. I know that they've got uh, a lot of great advice for all of us so that we can be more calm and not get upset about little things that happen. And uh, just great advice from Colin and Christy. Congratulations uh, to them. And what a journey, 15 years going from uh, so close to coming back and winning the amazing race. Okay. We have another great interview coming up because uh, we're going to talk to two people that I really, I thought they had it coming into this uh, last couple of minutes of The Amazing Race. Very excited to uh, bring in a uh, record-setting Amazing Race team. We have Tyler and Corey on the line. Let's go ahead and patch them in. Tyler and Corey, are you there? Rob. Oh my God. Good morning. This is surreal. We have to keep, keep stop meeting like this. Yes. First off, let me congratulate you two on nine first place finishes on the amazing race. And I know it didn't work out last night, but congratulations on uh, another extremely well run amazing race stint for you too. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> wow. Uh, and thank, thank you for an entire season of fun podcasts. We've loved following along and listening to y'all's commentary every week. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, I have to say, I was stunned last night because I, I really thought that you guys had it where I, I when when you guys were at putting the drum kits together, it's like, oh, okay. The When you found the washer on the floor, Corey, I, I don't even understand what was wrong with the drum kit. It was like they were zooming in on that it was Colin didn't have that that latch, and then they were zooming in on that you just needed to pick that thing up, and then you picked it up, and I said, away we go, and the guy's like, nope, still no good. Yeah, the problem was <laughs> the problem was very very small. It was uh, the screws were too tight on the cymbals, and so if a person were to play them, it wouldn't have the same effect or the sound that it should have. It was put together completely right, but the, the screws were too tight. They should have been a little looser. Yeah. So you, you tell me what you think of the, that. The judges should have been a little looser because I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm watching a TV show. How do I know how tight the symbol is? Uh, so uh, I don't know. I, I, I was stunned. I really was like, <laughs> I, I'm sure you two were both. Uh, do you never want to hear that song again, Corey? Uh, yeah, I mean, Tyler and I, I think even with Leo and Jamal and Colin and Chris, I think anytime any of us have heard that song in the last year since taping, we've texted each other like, okay, this is triggering. <laughs> uh, Corey, if I, knew, I would have gone home and found the drum kits for that your brothers have and just completely just uh, trash them like uh, yeah. a rock star. Just I would have thrown them down the stairs. I'd be thrown to Jack White's picture. Listen, I considered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, uh, Tyler, uh, could you talk a, a little bit about going through, going, walking down the building, and then uh, the bank vault? That it looked, it looked like that that was extremely difficult. I know that Leo had a ton of problems in there. H- how hard was it to get the combination right on the safe? You know, for me, it was more of a mental thing. I, it, it was not about the fear of heights. It was about messing up the roadblock in the finale. I had just kind of like flashbacks to our first finale where it was really down to me making that jump in the roadblock. And I did not want to repeat a moment of kind of feeling like the pressure was on me and I was not coming uh, fully into it. And so, um, yeah, it was all mental for me and just trying to stay focused. I had no fear of the heights, no fear of falling, no fear of any of that, just a fear of not being able to complete it. And so when I got down and I knew the combination, I was laser focused. I couldn't even tell you what, you know, Leo was up to or Colin was up to. I was so in the zone of looking at my own combination, my own vault. And they didn't show it, but when I finished uh, the combination and I opened the door and I got and they were taking off my equipment, I broke down in tears because it was like, it felt like I, I finally broke my own curse of being able to conquer the roadblock in the finale. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with the two of you in the detour last night where you guys were in the rowing part of the detour and you guys had the presence of mind to say, you know what, this isn't it. This isn't our detour and we, and we need to switch. And I know that you two have both trained uh, physically for the amazing race. And, and I thought that that you would have stuck with that and said, look, we've trained so hard. This is a physical test. We, we can do this. And I, I thought that to, to switch it up, I, I thought was a, a really great call to go to the other uh, roadblock, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, we definitely thought a uh, strength of ours was being able to muscle through certain tasks. And when we were on the boat, it was honestly me who couldn't get it. Tyler was crushing it. And had we considered the idea of what Colin and Christy did, where Christy just balanced the boat and Colin did the rowing, we probably could have done it. But it was truly me who couldn't get the rhythm. I was the one who kept tipping us over. And it was kind of me looking at Tyler like, I want to switch. I don't want to hold us back. And then, yeah, I kind of felt this immense pressure going into the the cab task because I thought this was my decision. I was the one nice. messing it up. So now I've really got to perform. But you did. And uh, let me let me say, Corey, yeah. Corey nailed it. Corey, I have never seen somebody so prepared for such a task. When we saw that it was that type of memorization, I I was so sure that Corey had this because that is right up his alley. He is he can like memorize anything and there I am trying to help but that was really when Corey soared yeah Corey do you have a photographic memory I I mean I've never been diagnosed with it but sometimes when I explain my memory to people they're like I think you do have a photographic memory because uh, yeah just the way I'm able to like recall things Tyler's always said our whole friendship he's like it's weird how good you remember stupid little things yeah, no, that was amazing. I mean, cause yeah, 22 uh, or uh, 22 things and 17 uh, turns and, and points of interest. Uh, really impressive. How many times did you guys have to go through the cab ride? Uh, we got it on our third try. And even production was kind of like, 
surprised that we did it that quickly because it was a lot to remember. Mm-hmm. It, it also made me think, I, want, I wonder if if we had done that first and we hadn't gone to the rowing, if we would have been able to pull out another first. I, I was wondering that because Corey really did it so quick. There was a, a lot of drama on this season of the amazing race, but you guys uh, mostly uh, or completely stayed out of the fray. Uh, Tyler, w- was that part of the strategy that you guys had to come back and run this race? I don't know if it was necessarily our strategy to like avoid it. I think we really just were lucky that everyone else was so much deeper in it um, because in my everyday life, I, I live for the drama, but <laughs> the fact that I was able to stay out of it, it kind of was delicious because we got to enjoy it from the outside, but then focus on ourselves. It was, it didn't, it was not that bad. And I honestly, I think they showed, they didn't show it in the first episode, but when we were all lined up that first day, Phil said that I was the only one who knew every single cast member there. Mm-hmm. And I think I definitely some like ego padding. I mean, I was fans of all these survivor and big, brother and race contestants and they knew very early on that I was a huge fan of all of them so maybe they were a little nicer to us uh, because they knew how much I loved them all yeah Corey it seemed like the amazing race teams had a a pretty strong bond throughout most of the season was was there a lot of amazing race team pride um, I don't know. I think for us, Tyler and I, when we just when we found out we were coming back, we just really wanted to prove that we weren't one trick ponies. We wanted to prove that we could do the show, and we knew that sometimes when teams are invited back, they don't perform as well the second time. Uh, there was definitely some camaraderie. We we clicked with Colin and Christy immediately. Team Fun was my favorite team when I watched season twenty nine. Um, I don't know. We just kind of bonded with all those teams, and I think it was kind of like, a, hey, this is our show. We want to dominate it. Thanks for coming. What was it about Colin and Christy that made you guys uh, work so closely with them, Tyler? Oh, I, I don't even know. I mean, there was just so much genuine love and I know that sounds crazy but like when you're in the race and you're in this like funky alternate universe where everything is on this you know sped up timeline it's like you connect with people so quickly I'm sure it's the same on Survivor and Big Brother it's like you connect with who you connect with and then you kind of trust your gut on it. And that was so us with Colin and Christy. There was never a moment where I doubted, you know, our friendship with them. And I know, I know how crazy that sounds. Cause like there's U-turns and there's moments where you can deceive each other and things like that. But we always helped them out. They always helped us out. It felt like it was always equal in that way. It felt like what came around, uh, what was given what was received, you know, and things like that. And, um, even when we got to the U-turn board with them, there wasn't a moment in my head where I thought they were going to use it on us, even though they stepped on it before us. Like it may have been logically smart, but we trusted each other. Um, and I think so much of it was just based on support. We, we always were, you know, giving each other hugs before the race started, before each leg started, we gave each other pep talks. It was, it was just something we, I, I, I can't name it. It was, it was something personal and special. Now, Corey, you guys improved on your performance from the last time out. We're, we're, we're making progress from third to second. Does this mean that you guys have to come back again? 
Listen, we, we've been saying that maybe we're going to come back in 15 years like Colin and Christy did. And, uh, and, then that, and then that'll, right, and that'll be our moment. We'll still have all the puns and all the quick wit, um, but we'll be a little more zen. And yeah, hopefully take home the million then. Or maybe they'll increase the prize in another 15 years. <laughs> well, don't, don't count on that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Tyler, which was the more fun experience uh, for you to do the Amazing Race? The first time out or this time? Oh, my God. Well, the first time we had no clue what to expect. We were having the best time. All of the teams were like, we don't know what's going on. And we were having so much more fun, I think. Um, the second time around, it was so much more challenging. Everyone went into it thinking this is their chance to redeem themselves. And every team thought they had it in the bag. So the, the competition was way more fierce the second time. So that took a little bit away from, you know, the fun of it all. It's always fun when you're winning. Um, but I think in, in hindsight, uh, I, I think I grew and gained so much more the second time around um, because we were challenged that much, because it felt like we had something to prove and we were able to prove it in our own way. Um, I, I'm much more proud of our second time around just because I feel like it took more and we delivered more. Mm-hmm. Corey, uh, could you give us uh, any fun moments that we didn't get to see from uh, your experience on the race this season? Oh my God! I mean, I'm sure there's like a million of them. I, no doubt. I always joke. I always joke and say before that Switzerland U-turn vote. I mean, I wish they would have shown the juxtaposition of us waiting to run into that park and then the actual vote because literally, like, all the teams were standing outside playing this stupid, like, big booty rhyme game, and everyone was laughing and giggling, and Colin was like doing a backflip, and everyone was just waiting for them to open the gate, and let us run in, and then yeah, ten minutes later, we're voting for each other to be double U-turned. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's so much downtime on the race that you don't see of us just being stupid at airports and yeah the nice thing is uh even a year later i'm still remembering little moments that happened and and kind of reflecting on those in a positive way i mean some of my favorites us playing euchre all the time with uh nick and vic because uh of our michigan background we it was something we all shared and we always were playing in the airport when we were in um was it laos when we were playing uh was it truth, truth, or dare? truth or dare oh. swim moment in the pool? They were nice and they let all the teams have a little pool break when we were in Laos. Uh, <laughs> a very adult version of truth or dare happened in Laos. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we'll use our uh, imagination. Uh, what was the, uh, the worst moment of the race uh, this time around, Tyler? The worst moment for me... Uh, it might have been ripping the clue and seeing Uganda. It was it was really yeah. challenging for us. Um, we we saw in our passports ahead of time that uh, we had a visa for Uganda, so it might have been in the books. It might have been coming. So it felt like this looming cloud coming, only because you know we had known about um, what Uganda or how Uganda feels uh, politically about queer people. And so it just kind of felt like this looming cloud coming. And so to rip the clue and to have our stomachs drop and to see Corey's really visceral reaction, it just felt like a lot of the walls closing in and feeling pressure and that type of vibe. It, it suddenly became very real and less of a fun trip around the world where we get to play with friends and compete 
compete for a million dollars and it had real world implications. And so that kind of sucked the fun out of the room for us for a half a minute. Um, but you didn't let it and, stop uh, you. But I, I, no, no I, I, was, I was I was really grateful that it was included and the conversation was included in the episode. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I, I agree with what Tyler said. It was kind of like that dark cloud that was looming. And you kind of saw the trajectory, like after that, starting with that Uganda Lake, we only ever finished in first and second. And I truly think it was the kind of looming over us because we saw it in our passports. And, and once we went there and survived and everything was okay, we were back to the Corey and Tyler that raced in season 28 and dominated the second half of the race. Okay, well, I appreciate you two coming on and uh, talking with me about all this. It is always a, a treat for me and uh, hopeful we can uh, get to talk some more about all of this amazing race stuff down the road. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for having us. Send our love to everyone on the podcast. Can't wait to listen. I will. Okay, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks, Rob. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. Tyler and Corey in good spirits after their close call last night. Always a pleasure to talk to Tyler and Corey, just like it is a pleasure to uh, get to talk to uh, this person. A surprise cameo here. My showmance, the first lady of podcasting, Nicole Sistrino. Nicole, how are you? I am great. Okay. Happy to have you here in the studio to talk with me a little bit today about our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And those are our friends over at KiwiCo. And now Nicole is so excited to have KiwiCo as a sponsor, just as a a little behind the scenes. When I first told Nicole that KiwiCo was going to be a sponsor on the podcast, she thought that I was punking her because she was already about to order from KiwiCo. KiwiCo is a company that creates super cool hands-on projects for kids to make, learning about STEAM fun. STEAM is science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Nicole, how did, did you know that before? No, no I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't know that. But how did, uh, how did you know about KiwiCo? The moms talk about it in my mom's groups because, you know, all Kiwi boxes aren't the same. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, Nicole, tell us a little bit about why you were interested in KiwiCo. I need something to entertain those kids over the summer. Yes. And what KiwiCo is, is a subscription box where they send a project for your kids to work on. And it's something that they can build. And then at the end, it becomes something that they can play with. So it is actually educational toys for them to play with. And it entertains them for hours. Yes, and maybe turns them into future amazing racers as they work on putting together, I don't know if they have a drum kit, hopefully not, but they are going to put together something that they can play with and they have seven different versions for different age ranges, ranging from zero to 16 plus. And I think the best thing of all, when you first hear about it, sounds expensive, guess what? It's not. It's not at all. Very affordable and a a great use of your money instead of a a toy. What do they play with for five seconds? This is at least, at the very least, hours of entertainment for your kid. And we've got a a great offer for you as well. For our listeners, go to KiwiCo.com slash Rob. You get your first month for free. That is an amazing deal because I've seen online like $10 off. So your first month free is pretty cool. All right. So go ahead and give it a shot. KiwiCo is a 
convenient, affordable way to encourage your children to be anything they want to be. For our listeners, go to KiwiCo.com slash Rob. That's Kiwi, K-I-W-I Co.com slash Rob. Get your first month for free. Every day counts when it comes to making a difference. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity. Again, go to KiwiCo.com slash Rob to get your first month for free. That's at KiwiCo.com slash Rob. Okay. Nicole, let me tell you about what I have coming up next for the listeners of the podcast. I'm all ears. Okay. Nicole, uh, we're going to talk to uh, a team of amazing racers called the Afghanimals. Do you know who they are? Those are those guys that um, were in the military. Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, well, what do you think? That they, that you're, they're people that have been to Afghanistan? And they turn into Afghanimals. No, no. Uh, they, uh, they, are, uh, they are are people that have uh, heritage coming from uh, the country. Well, that makes much more sense. Yes. yes, okay. So just a little bit of inside baseball here. So I record these interviews uh, not always in the order that you hear them, and then we line them up in the order that that they finished. So the Afghanimals was an interview that I recorded earlier in the day. And so since we are being good parents and talking about KiwiCo right now, I can tell you that there is going to be some uh, adult language used in this interview, not by me coming up. So if you have uh, small children or you're at work or anywhere, anybody that doesn't want to hear that, get your kiwi box and then yeah. and then listen. Yeah, there's probably going to be, uh, you know, seven or eight obscenities that you're going to hear in my interview uh, with the Afghanimals. And uh, let's go ahead and bring them in, Nicole. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Leo and Jamal, are you there? Good morning. What's up, man? How are you guys doing? Congratulations on all your accomplishments and holding, Bill, what, every single Amazing Race record almost? Yeah, sir. <laughs> yeah, not most wins or anything like that, but uh, a, a lot of the the longevity. Yeah, you guys got it. The quantity. Okay. Quantity matters. Quantity. Yes. Okay. Uh, let me start off by uh, talking to Leo about what was going on with the safe because uh, it was uh, a, a little bit confusing of uh, how you ended up getting out of there. Uh, the million dollar question, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, you choose right roadblocks for, for one another and you choose wrong ones. That was definitely uh, not one meant for me. I thought it was more of a number challenge, like the previous uh, um, um, leg. Um, but when we get down there, I'm like, okay, well, there's instructions. And I'm like, boom, I get it. And I turn it, and I'm thinking it's straightforward. I'm like, wait, it didn't open. So I'm like, all right, let me do it again. It didn't open. Let me let me do it again. And now Colin's here. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know? And then Colin leaves. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then Tyler comes. Yeah. And he leaves. I'm like, fuck. And then now it's like, fuck. You know, like, because the last leg is literally like a, a like a, a race to the finish. The, the challenges, other than if there was a memory challenge, uh, could stump you and slow you down. But, you know, once, if you're in third, then, you you know, all all these bad thoughts started falling in. And then now I'm just double-guessing and overanalyzing and thinking, oh, maybe it means this and not that. And I'm like, no, it can't be, because how do they do it so quickly? And, you know, now time is going by. And then I finally, uh, you know, after like a thousand combinations, I finally got it. Um, I think I was messing up in the last number. I think I was going one rotation too much. Yeah. Or too low. 
I forget. <laughs> I know. Well, Leo, I, Rob, I, Rob, I, Rob, Rob, I, 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 I buried these memories. Now you're bringing them back up. I'm sorry about that. I'm so, sorry about that. <laughs> what about, Jamal, what was your reaction when you guys were reunited finally after, you know, you uh, are, are waiting so long for Leo? I was just confused what the challenge was, you know, because I was asking the producers, I was like, is he injured? Is he hurt? Should I be worried? Like, no, he's fine. So when I saw the other teams getting it done, running out. I was like, all right, Leo, this is their time. And once he came out, when we were in the taxi. I was like, what was it? He said, oh, it was damn safe. I was like, oh, shit. Had I known, I was like, I've opened safes my whole life. My dad was a jeweler. He had multiple safes and he taught me as a kid oh, wow. and just, yeah. And I was like, man, that would have been the perfect challenge for me, you know, and I would have gotten it really quickly, but we're holding my abilities to, do the final memory challenge. Cause that's what I was practicing the whole season and all the episodes, memorizing everything, every detour, every roadblock, every greeter, every challenge waiting for that big you know, memory challenge. And when it didn't come, we're like, Oh damn, we have no equalizer. We can't try to get and you know, make up some time because everything else we did pretty well. The record, the fouling, the drum kit, we built that in less than probably 30 minutes, but it was hard to come back from uh, the initial uh, fallback. Yeah, because well, we didn't even see any of that on the show. You guys went through and completed the whole final leg. Yeah, yeah we yeah. completed the whole final leg, and every time, you know, our one of the producers would, you know, check like, all right, they're almost going to catch up with Kyle and Corey, but like to be on the same scene. You know, we we're, we're, they said that we got there about ten minutes right after Tyler and Corey left the drum kit. Mm-hmm but they were probably there for a good while trying to fix that drum kit. So, I mean, we made up, I would say at least 30 minutes through everything else up until that point, but it still wasn't enough. So I know it was a, a bittersweet night for you both uh, to uh, not end up winning the, the show, but I, I do have to congratulate you both on you finally conquered the leg 11 curse and got through <laughs> leg 11. How was that for you guys to not only conquer the leg 11 curse, but to go back to England and, and do that, Jamal? Uh, you know, this season, however, these producers have created it. It's been a, it's been a, a, a season of redemption, you know, first in Japan for yes. us, team fun in Vietnam. And then for us in leg 11, finally, you know, we don't, we don't want to be remembered as the best fourth place team finishing uh, ever on the amazing race. So for us to get over that hump and do it in London, it meant a lot. And a lot of teams would choke under that kind of a pressure or setting, but, and luckily, you know, we got first place and we're focused, you know, we're tuned in. We're like, all right, we started great on the season. We won the first two legs. Let's go and finish the last two legs in first place. We won leg 11 and leg 12 was right there for us, you know, but it didn't, it didn't finish out the way we wanted, but we really thought that we could have gone first yeah. two legs, last two legs would have been a perfect ending. Okay. <clears throat> So I would like to know a little bit. I know you two are both uh, showmen and are really, you know, uh, play things up for the cameras at times. But it seemed like over the course of the race that there were a couple of moments where you guys had some friction with some of the other teams. Could you could you let us know who were the teams that you really didn't get along with and who were the teams that you were just sort of, you know, talking about it uh, maybe a little bit for the show? Um, 
like, like Jamal and I are, we've been like a good, big personality since we were like kids. Like that's why we got along. Like, like he was my, my go-to guy. Um, and then when he put a camera on us, you know, it does get the best, it does, it gets the best of us and it's all, it's all real. It's all organic. Unlike a lot of other teams that you'll see, you know, them, um, you know, you'll see the true sides of them and we know what, when they buckle and like, that's like every other team that, that, that happened. But for us, we've been consistent since season 23. Yes. Um, but, um, like I wouldn't say teams we didn't get along with. I would say teams we didn't get the chance to get to know. You know, like that—that that would be the difference. Especially the couple of teams in the beginning, if they got out early. Um, but you know, like I would say, um, you know, Chris and Brett were amazing. Uh, Team Fun, of course, was awesome. Uh, Rupert was was a ball to be around. Um, but people, we teams we didn't get along with or didn't get to know. I mean, of course, everyone thinks it's. Uh, Eliza and Curran, um, but you know we didn't get a chance to, and they looked, and you know they're both cutthroat uh, individuals, so with, you know they didn't, um, they automatically saw us as a complete threat, and then once uh, once they um, um, uh, like jumped in our tuck tucks, then we're like, all right, well, you know now there's no there's no needing to get to know them because they just did, you know, a crazy snake move on us. Yeah. <laughs> Jamal, how about uh, the uh, Nicole and Victor when they cast the vote against you guys at the uh, U-turn vote this season? Then you guys ended up uh, U-turning them back when you had the chance on uh, last week's show. Uh, So was was there any hard feelings uh, there with Nicole and Victor when they cast the U-turn vote for you? I mean, for us, uh, we were sort of like told by Nicole and Victor that they wouldn't U-turn us had the opportunity came. But when they kept it strictly strategic and said that we're one of the most competitive teams and we're going to cast a vote for you guys, luckily we didn't get U-turn on that leg. That only gave us a reason for us to U-turn them back. There was no hard feelings on our end. I mean, it was just a race. And we were, we were very limited with who we could U-turn. It was either them or Team Fund. And Team Fun didn't really do anything to us. You know, every leg of the race, we were out there hanging out with them. You know, we're joking around, obviously. So it was like, well, who are we going to U-turn? You know, it's one of the two teams. And they had to understand, I mean, being being part of the amazing race, you got to get U-turned once and experience it, you know, to really say that. I know I raced and I got U-turned. I survived. Mm-hmm. Luckily Easy for us, we did that three times. <laughs> That's like the kings of getting you turned and surviving. Yeah, I mean, and and it should be honored to be to have been you turned by the animals, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> people look at it that way. <laughs> Leo, can I ask you? Did you guys get the sense that uh, Tyler and Corey and uh, Colin and Christy were working with each other to try to both uh, get further in the game and not working as much with you? guys um you know like we thought like we thought all three of them were working together um you know because at the airport everyone they would always be hanging out together you know we would be you know trying to go find some cats or go to a zoo or go look at some buildings we'd do our own thing but you know they would always be together um and then to see um them not work at the last one was you know kind of kind of shocking i was like shoot you know so, you know, that's why I was saying earlier with like true colors, you know, eventually all come out. Like we've been the same way since day one, but you know, like we never, 
we never like backstabbed anyone afterwards. You know, we, we, we either were the same from the get go or, you know, but like, you know, them working together like that, you know, it, it, that to me is shocking because it's a race and it's, 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 it's difficult because Tyler and Corey, you know, they could have won. Um, if I, if, if, if they didn't help, uh, if, if he didn't help Christy, who knows? Cause that was like a million dollar mistake on his part. I'd say. Interesting. Um, there were a, a lot of fun moments uh, with you both during the course of the season, but uh, one from last night that I just want to highlight, Leo, I, I loved how seriously you took the code task and working with all of the uh, British uh, soldiers. I, I, I really, uh, that really cracked me up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I maybe, uh, uh, the, the good aura of the soldiers helped me prevail in Dunkirk, you know, yes. like, uh, in the Dover, in Dover castle. Yes. You will uh, not surrender. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like, like, like once it all clicked and came together, like, like my brain started going in, in one way and like, it all started coming. And when I typed, when I read it, I'm like, Holy shit. Like I just got that. Like on my first try, like, like I did it so fast that, um, the people standing outside, they're like, wait, where are you going? You know, like, I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, you just got here. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't got it. You know, they were shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, it, it wasn't easy, but too bad I couldn't, uh, Open our fucking face. <laughs> Jamal, uh, you guys have, uh, you know, uh, run the most legs of any other team on the amazing race. Uh, and you guys are, are making progress here, uh, getting up to third this time around. Could, could you run the race a fourth time? Is that a possibility? I don't know. You know, I'm getting much older. I mean, racing this, <laughs> racing this last time it, it, it took a different type of win out of me you know we're not that 25 26 year old team you know, I'm, in, I'm a father now I you know I gotta be facing <laughs> a little four year old <laughs> um, but I, I think I would like to do Survivor more than anything oh. else <laughs> okay. yeah I mean alright well man, I, I can I'm put in a good do. word for you Jamal there you go. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Leo, can you believe this? Jamal's leaving you high and dry to go beyond Survivor. <laughs> that's because I'm going on Big Brother. Oh, okay. That, that's good. Leo, what was the best thing you saw going around the world this time? Oh, man, it's a tough question. Let me look at my, uh, my notes. You know, I documented them all. <laughs> uh, I would say... Uh, uh, probably the one in uh, in Switzerland, you know, that one looked like Pablo, uh, my cat Pablo. So I uh, <laughs> definitely showed it some affection, gave gave it some food, gave yeah. it a nice massage, and then he was actually he was actually the one that told me that there was a, a blind U-turn coming. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you can communicate with the cats as, as well. That makes that makes sense. Why oh, you love yeah. them so much? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every every time we had a we had a, a leg above other teams because some cat told me what was going on. Yeah. Last thing I want to know: How much time do you guys spend together in real life when you're not in in the race? Are are you, are you guys together constantly or mostly just when you do the race? Uh, I mean, we growing up we used to be uh, close all, all the time because we lived like literally like a hundred feet from each other. But now, unfortunately, it's not a hundred feet; it's like thousands of miles. He's in Texas, I'm in California. Uh, we talk, you know, every every week on the phone. We FaceTime, but um, not as often as we would like. 
he came and visited me from a surprise visit for my birthday this past May. So, I mean, we try to make times within our schedule, especially now that we're at a different phase in our life. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're trying to make that effort to continuously, you know, stay in touch, especially now that my daughter is getting very close to him as well. Sophia. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it's, we try, you know, but you know, he's in LA. I'm out in mm. Houston, Texas, but you know, it's not as much as what we were back in our teenage years when we were watching yeah. the amazing race. And you know, when we had the idea of applying one day and not knowing that we we're going to be record holders for the most relays, countries, roadblocks, which is crazy for us to do it three times and be that consistent. Um, you know, cause at the end of the day, we appreciate everything, the, the opportunity, you know, the, for me to get a chance to race around the world with my cousin. And, you know, it's a memory that's going to last a lifetime. And we get to live back continuously. Leo and Jamal, I know you guys got to run. You got a lot of press to do today. Th- I thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. And uh, all the, the best to both of you. And uh, who knows? Uh, maybe we'll see you again. All right. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, if the timing's right, we will. But, uh, let us know if you ever in our neck of the woods, Rob. We always, uh, always love talking to you. Hey, Leo, I'm, I'm in L.A., so maybe I'll see you sometime, okay? Oh yeah, come by for a drink. Come on, Rob. You haven't been by. Right, you got it. You got it. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right I'll, tell you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you all the stuff I can't say nor usually. Okay. All right. I'll look you up, Leo. Okay. All right. All right sounds good, Rob. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. The Afghanimals. Yes, uh, Leo. We know how he feels about the effing safe. So uh, very fun to uh, get to talk to our top three teams here from the Amazing Race. Don't forget about our recap still to come of the Amazing Race 31 finale. So uh, excited to get together with Jessica and Mike and talk about all of that. Of course, we have so much Big Brother coverage happening, not on this podcast, but on our recaps of the first two nights of Big Brother, night one and night two of the Big Brother premiere, those recaps are already up on robiswebsite.com. Of course, they're up because we did them live right after the episode, like we do every episode of Big Brother. And also, what's up is Taryn Armstrong's uh, live feed update, which kicked off this morning, and he will be back again for more Big Brother live feed coverage Every single morning, live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific. Make sure you subscribe to that in our Big Brother podcast feed. Head on over to robhaswebsite.com slash bbpodcast for all of that. I've got Summer of Stein coming up as well with Eric Stein. Looking forward to getting into that on Friday. And uh, a lot of Big Brother talking with T-Bird is going to have another installment coming your way real soon as well. And of course, all this is powered by the patrons of Rob Has a Podcast. To find out more about everything that's going on behind the scenes at Rob Has a Podcast. And boy, there's a lot. Head on over to robhasawebsite.com slash patron for more information, access to our patron-only podcast feed, and much more over at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. Thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre for putting this all together and getting this turned around so quickly today. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.